The following podcast contains spoilers for Paris Blues. You have been warned. <laughs> Before his um, throat punches his back. Yeah. <laughs> how uh, you doing? Hey there, sexy man. How? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm swell. Perfect. Uh, we have a movie to talk about, as is the point of this podcast. Yes, as per usual. But before we get to that, Glenn, what mm. movies have you seen? I've seen a total of two movies this whole week, including our movie of the week. Uh, the first one I had watched uh, was Finch. Yes, Ooh. I know what you're thinking. Are you talking about that movie with Tom Hanks? Yes, that's that one. You're yeah. correct. Uh, I, I watched that, and uh, I think we actually, funnily enough, had the same review before I wrote it. I actually didn't even write it out on Letterboxd because I saw you had it written out. And it's 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 necessarily, it's the chappy movie we wanted. Yeah. Uh, but didn't get back in the time. But now we have it, mm-hmm. and it, it it was pretty great. Uh, you know, just, you know, apocalyptic, uh, apocalyptic film, and you know, Tom Hanks just decides I'm going to build a sentient robot. Yeah. And uh, and do they survive? Do they not? Who knows? That's for you to find out. But yeah, I think it, was, they it, do. Was, it was it was fun, and uh, and magical. But other than yes. that, all I watched was Paris Blues, which we'll have to get to in a minute. Mike, I know you watched Dude, some things. Dude, I have lent you a Blu-ray for the past two weeks. I know. I had plans to see it today, but of course, you know, Peacock ruined things. Buddy boy. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I had another light week. Uh, I only watched 11 movies again. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. I'm, funny, I'm not even trying to watch this many movies. It's just happening. Uh, you're, just, just, you're a stay-at-home dad now. It just you, happens. Yeah, between his naps and just when everyone goes to bed and I'm the only one up, mm-hmm. I, that's what I do. Uh, the first one I watched is The Medium, which mm-hmm. is a, uh, a Thai, uh, Thai horror film, found footage horror film uh, from the producer or the director of The Wailing, a South Korean movie, produced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is takes place in Thailand. And it is essentially a possession found footage film. But instead of being like Christianity possession, it's about like shamanism possession. Yeah. So that was like a pretty interesting take. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie overall is... It's fine. Uh, It's got a really strong beginning and really strong ending. It kind of lags a bit in the middle, uh, which is its biggest flaw. But it's still a solid film. Has one of the single creepiest images I've seen in recent horror films uh, where this uh, the possessed woman emerges from the shadows underneath a staircase. And Mm -hmm. at first it just looks like a floating head. Holy fucking shit, that was terrifying. I, I still, ugh, it gives me heat of chills. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that I would suggest checking that out, especially if you're a fan of horror. Uh, it wasn't as good as I was hoping it to be, but it's still really cool. And seeing, you know, the shamanism aspect of it was really cool. 
Mm-hmm. Then I watched a movie on Netflix called The House, which is like three little vignettes, stop motion animation vignettes that all take place in houses, and they're all terrifying and weird. Uh, and like the first one is about this poor family who gets this mansion for free uh, because the they're told that the person who's built it for them is rich and just you know oh, wants man. to get back. But I then wish they, I had their problems. Well, no, you don't. Cause, <laughs> Jokes cause, on you, Glenn. Because then they get trapped in the house and like... Oh, yikes. Infatuated. Like the parents get infatuated, so it's just this little girl and her baby sister. It's really creepy. Uh, then the second one is about this... It, it's it's mice. Like the characters are mice. Yeah. This home, This home renovator uh, is like renovating his home. And, what? That's I know. crazy. I know. But when he tries to sell it, these these people come in, and then they won't leave. They just live there. Mm-hmm. And they're really creepy, and it's weird and creepy, and it's just creepy. And then the last one is, like, this this landlord uh, trying to work on this house, but it keeps flooding. Um, that one's not as scary. That's kind of more hopeful than the rest of them, but it's still, like, it's got a lot of really cool horror aspects. Okay. So that's the house. The movie overall is okay, but it's got some really cool things in it. Uh, so it is worth checking out. It's just, you know, nothing that's going to blow your mind or anything. Yeah. Uh, then I watched Shanghai Noon because I remembered me and my friend Colin watched Shanghai Night yep. in theaters a, a few years ago, but I never watched Shanghai Noon. A few years ago, did you? Well, like 20 years ago, what, what, whenever <laughs> like, it came out. It's like, where was that at? Whenever, whenever it came out. Yeah, it came we, out in the 2000s. Yeah, we saw Shanghai Nights, and the only reason I remember seeing it in theaters, because I don't remember the movie, but I remember that the lights were on the entire time, like the cleaning uh, lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was before I worked there, so I didn't know we could just turn them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all, like, but by the time we realized they were going to stay on the whole movie, the movie had started, and we didn't want to miss it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I actually I don't Shanghai know Noon. if I watched Shanghai Noon. Uh, you rated it. It's, 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 I might have watched both. I don't remember. They kind of blur together at a certain point. Yeah, uh, this one was... Eh, I remember liking Shanghai Nights, but I also don't remember it, so mm-hmm. who knows. I was also like 12 or 13 when it came out, so my yeah. tastes were vastly different. Um, but Owen Wilson, Jackie Owen Chan. Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. And Jackie Chan. That's all I need. Yep. Um, it's dumb. It's bad. But I didn't hate it. Uh, then I watched Supernova, which uh, Stanley Tucci, Colin Firth are a couple and uh, one of them has dementia. Oh, how did you like that? I liked it a lot. It's uh I, I think a it's a great film. Yeah, it's it's not uh melodramatic which I was worried it would be cuz you know, whenever there's like a, a movie about a couple and one of them's dying, it can be mm-hmm. melodramatic. Uh, I'm actually writing a script about a couple and one of them's dying and I'm hoping that's not melodramatic. I'm going to yeah. have you read it when it's done so you can tell me if it's melodramatic I, I, or not. I would love to. Uh but um yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Stanley Tucci, Tucci's great. Colin Firth is great. Uh, I think it has a overall good message, and uh, you know, without giving anything away, I liked it. It did not go the way that I thought it was going to go, and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It was a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Then I watched the 1939 version of the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, you know, it's just a story of Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. It's good. I liked it. It's got impressive effects for the time makeup effects and everything uh great acting especially from i believe his name is charles lawton who, mm-hmm. who plays uh quasimodo let me check uh yeah charles lawton he put he's really good as quasimodo um so yeah I, I would suggest that to people who like classic films 
Uh, then I watched, uh, for the 1001 movies you must watch before you die, I watched a documentary called Anvil, the story of Anvil, which is about a metal <laughs> band that was, like, pretty popular in the 80s, but then just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. But they didn't really. They just had shitty management. So, that happens. But, like, they're still together today. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just their story, and goddamn if that's not heartwarming. Like, even if you're not a fan of metal music, you'll probably like this documentary. It's it's a really heartwarming documentary. They're Canadian, so they're, like, super optimistic the whole time. Yeah. And they do have their moments where they're like, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen. But they're like, hey, we're, we're just living life the best we can. I'm like, we're just out here doing What's that it? all about, eh? So I love that. that. Boot. I love Canadians. They're great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Anvil, the story of Anvil is great, especially if you, like, are not happy with where you are in your career. Mm-hmm. Th- this will help you, like th- you not feel so alone. Uh, then I watched for the thousand one movies you must see before you die. The Godfather rewatched it. I had seen it already. It's the Godfather. It's the Godfather. Uh, then I rewatched Encanto because Caitlin wanted to watch it, so I rewatched that. Then for the one thousand one movies you must watch before you die, I rewatched the Godfather Part Two. It's the Godfather Part Two. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna watch three as well, or are you just kind of uh, that, that is not in. I have not seen three, so it would not yeah. be a rewatch if I did. That is not on the 1001 movies you must see before you die. And I've only heard bad things about it. So I, I don't have really... two, and I feel like it's I feel like it's not nearly as bad as people say. Probably not. Because the thing they, is, they're, like, what they're probably going to do is they're just going to compare it to the first two. Oh, yeah. So like the, it's probably good. It's just not as good as the yeah. first two. The thing with me is they could have stopped at The Godfather, and it would have yeah. been fine. It would have been a great film. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't need a second one. Then they made a second one. Obviously, I wasn't alive for this to happen, so I had yeah. no opinion of this being made because it was already made by the time I was alive. But this ended in a way that it didn't need another one. It didn't mm-hmm. need to continue. So I really don't see what else they could say with it. It's, yeah. you know, it's strange like that. Um, Understandable. I know, I know Sofia Coppola is uh, in The Godfather Part Three and is not great in it. She's a great mm-hmm. director. Her, she's not a great actress. Um, but that's usually how it goes. It but uh, then I watched a documentary called Flea, which is about a. Uh, uh, I, I, I sent this to you to try to watch it as well. Mm-hmm. And but I it, will. It is a documentary that is about an Afghan refugee from the 80s, you know, the first time that there was a war there, uh, and just his life. Uh, and because it involves some, like, subject matter that's kind of delicate. Mm-hmm. in order to protect everyone the entire for the most part it's animated like all anytime you see a person on the screen it's animated mm-hmm. and they they intercut some stock footage with it about like the events he's talking about and everything um uh, but it's an it's an incredible documentary i really enjoyed it it's uh probably going to be nominated for one if not multiple oscars uh We'll know by the time this comes out, but this is the day before they're announcing the announcements or the nominations when we're mm. recording this. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy that. Then I watched Paris Blues, which we're going to get into right now. Right now. Some motion pictures move you deeply, others not at all. Some pictures you love, some you hate. Here is one which is bound to catch you up in its different kind of love story. You might call it a love spectacular. So intimately exciting, you feel it's happening to you. Paris Blues. Paris Blues. During the 1960s, two American... Expatriate. That's what I said. 
Mike, I didn't stutter. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz musicians living in pairs meet and fall in love with two American tourist girls. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, directed by Martin Ritt, written by Jack Sher, Irene Camp, and Walter Bernstein. I believe it's based on a book. Let me just open this up. Uh, it's adapted by Lula Rosenfeld, uh, based on the novel by Harold Flender, starring Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward, who is married to Paul Newman, or was for 50 years from 1958 to 2008 when he died. Uh, so that's a little fun fact. Sidney Poitier, Diane Carroll, Louis Armstrong's in a bit. Barbara Lage, Lage, whatever you want to call uh, pronounce that the correct way, and then Andre, you know, a bunch of people. Most of the people, people we don't know. Uh, but yeah, this was a streaming roulette choice. Uh, mainly we picked it because it was uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Which, during this movie, I had realized he looks... You know how obviously you got friends who look like celebrities in certain ways? I have a friend, Sean, who looks strikingly just remarkably like Paul Newman, and I never, not as muscular, just looks pretty much just like him, and I never noticed until this movie for some reason. Yeah. I guess maybe because I only ever saw, like, three Paul Newman movies, but this one I was like, and some of hey, them Sean, were when he I gotta was text older. You. Yeah, I was like, Sean, I'm gonna text you real quick. Hey, you look like Paul Newman. <laughs> He's like, ah, never heard I don't of know that Sean, before. Do I? No, you don't. Okay. But it's, it's, it's so goofy. I was like, dude, holy shit. Yeah. Anyway, the movie. <clears throat> the movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, I we did. Little... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little wary about this one because you know me and romance and film don't really uh, mix too well. I always find it super campy and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I feel like this did a good job of not making it super cheesy. Uh, mm-hmm. There were definitely moments where it was super corny. Um and and I didn't care for it, but for the most part, it was really good. And I just want to say, the first thirty seconds that Sidney Poitier is on screen is so realistic. This like this is the first Sidney Poitier movie I've watched, mm-hmm. uh, which is a shame. But like in those thirty seconds, I was like, I get it. I get why he's such a well-renowned actor. You know, race aside, yeah, he is a fantastic actor. In thirty seconds, and he's just like sitting there talking. Talking about but about notes on a paper. It was just so realistic. I forgot that I was watching an actor for a second. Like mm-hmm. it was, it it just blew me away. I I don't know why. I don't know how. But I was just very impressed in just the his performance throughout the entire thing. But like the first thirty seconds, I was like, I get it. I understand. Yep. And that was really impressive to me. It was. Uh, going back to, uh, you know. Us watching the movie, of course. Yeah. For some reason, we've been in Paris a lot. And, we have uh, been. And, and the, the point that I wanted to make, Paris and romance movies. It's It's been a wild ride. Uh, what what this kind of did was... Oh, yeah, it, Interview it, with the Vampires in Paris, too. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, this this definitely could have went campy. There's the 60 movies. It's in Paris. It's, you mm-hmm. know, two dudes falling in love with two different chicks. Yeah. Uh, it could it could have went bad, but it never fully dove down into the bad. It it did stay its course. I like how in the beginning Paul Newman was actually going for uh what what what's her uh Di- Carol? Diane Carroll oh, Diane that, yeah, Carroll's character her, uh, what's her character's name uh, uh, Connie Connie, Connie mm-hmm. yeah he was actually going for Connie in the beginning. Very um, progressive for the sixties. Yeah, by the way, a, a white man going for a black woman like yeah. 
And my, I was not my favorite that. part about their the whole like first interaction was is like he he's like talking to her and he's, she's like, oh, I'm just waiting for my friend. He's like, oh, well, he's like, uh, where is she? Oh, she's 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 a white girl. He's like, oh, well, you know, all these white girls look the same. So it's going to be a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fucking hilarious. I did not expect that at all. I'm like, he's, uh, he is I, right. Maybe I misheard, but I had subtitles on and I thought I read it. Didn't he say all you white girls look alike? No, I think I'm pretty sure he said all these white chicks look the oh, same. I, we're going to have to look that up and confirm for this. Because, yeah. like, I thought he said all you white girls look alike. And she gives him, like, the funniest, like, he serious look. And, and that's, that's yeah, what I, I thought. I mean, but... either line definitely is like, did he really just say that to me? For yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a hilarious line. That's not what line. I expected. <laughs> it's a hilarious line either way. I think it's a little bit funnier if he calls her a white girl. Yeah. Just because, like, it's. I don't know. It's just funny because it's not like him being rude or anything. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I hope it's it's the one that I I heard, but, you know, you never know. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was a really funny line. Um, now, Paul Newman's character plays trombone in this, Rambo, and he plays trombone. He's the lead trombonist, trom- trombonite, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and I play trombone for six years i want to say seven years in in high school and middle school and all that and the biggest thing that always irritates me in movies is the person that the actor that they have playing trombone is never coached well and always holds it incorrectly and paul newman was holding it correctly the entire film well he also had louis armstrong in front of him (laughs) yeah yeah i was just like thank god because that would have driven me crazy if I had watched this entire movie mm-hmm. and he was just holding it wrong, they, they, every single time it's in a movie, they have like the part that goes on your shoulder standing straight up and the slide being uh, like parallel to the ground mm-hmm. when it should be perpendicular to the ground. And I just, uh, that, that saved me a huge headache. <laughs> I knew I was in for a, a good a movie. Much when, better time when a much better time people when were doing happened. things correctly. Yeah. I only I haven't even touched a trombone in twelve years, but it still bothers the shit out of me. I'm just yeah. like, it's not how you hold a trombone. Please handle the brass correctly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh so yeah, listen, I, I do have to get something off my chest. Okay. I miss the days when it only took less than two weeks to just fall in love with a person. And you could oh, just yeah. you know, spill the heart and beans and soul to somebody well, I mean, and just if I'm honest, if Diane Carroll uh <laughs> for, uh came up to me looking like that and was mm-hmm. just like, Hey, I don't want to be around you. I'll be like, I want to be around you. Yeah, uh, well, that's the thing. I have to be around you. It's, yeah. it's just, not only is it in the script, yeah. it's in my life right now. Di- Diane Carroll is absolutely gorgeous in this. And uh, Joanne absolutely. Woodward is as well. But I don't know. I was just captivated by Diane uh, mm-hmm. Carroll. Um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you why, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, it's the hairdo on it's Joanne hairdo. Woodward for sure. Is, yeah, uh, it reminds me of what, my grandma a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. That's why all those yeah. white chicks look the same. Yeah, because they all have that, that haircut. That haircut. <laughs> um, and, but, yeah, I, I it is it is funny how they all fell in love with dudes. And that, that's when it started, like, going downhill for me is when they were like, oh, we're going to give up our lives and move back to America for these two women we met two weeks ago. I was just like, don't end that way. It doesn't mm. It doesn't make sense for you to go that way. Yeah. In in this film, like you guys are so strong on your music. 
that it would just ruin the whole movie for you to settle. Not yeah. that these women would be settling, no. but compared to your careers, settle for a normal life. Mm-hmm. And and they almost they almost set it up for that, like a, yeah, you know. I was really mad for 10 minutes towards the end. And mm-hmm. then when they revealed that that wasn't going to happen, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Paul Newman's character, uh, during the whole time, he's very, uh, very handsome, very uh, brooding, very, uh, you know, kind of a dick at sometimes. But he's very charming. Um, and, you know, he, he, he uses that charm, but he uses that dickishness at the same time. And, you know, mm-hmm. this, this manager gives him, you know, not the answer he exactly wanted, uh, at all and so he's like you know what fuck it then i'm just gonna go <laughs> just gonna go to america yeah. it's just so it, it 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 almost got to that point at the end there where uh he's like you know what dude i'm just just gonna go home with this girl because that's that's just how it is like they don't want me you know what i don't want them mm-hmm. and so he basically he he would have went back for the wrong first off the wrong reason then he would have regretted it yeah, and it would have been bad for both of them, too, yeah. not just him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, where Eddie, uh, Sidney Poitier's character, he was a little more content with it, but I still yeah. felt it was wrong for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as wrong as, or actually definitely not as wrong as it would have been for uh, yeah. uh, Ram, but it's it was a little more believable. They had a little bit better chemistry, mm-hmm. whereas for Paul Newman, it felt like more of a fling. Yeah, uh, well, she was even giving him... Um... Connie was even giving Eddie reasons to want to go back and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, he's like fighting off the temptation, even though he wanted to, he's fighting off the temptation more than, um, uh, more than Paul Newman's character was at all. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, Paul Newman didn't have any uh, temptation to go back where Connie was giving him the temptation to want, like giving him reasons to want to yeah, be there. Like to, to fight along yeah. with, where uh, the, his race and everything. Where Ram Bowen just, he, there, no matter, even if he did go back, he didn't have any reason or want to go other than, of course, uh, Joanne Woodward's character, whose name is Blank Lillian. Lillian, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than her, and then he would have regretted it, and it just would have been bad. So I'm yeah. glad, I'm very much glad it went the way it did, at least for. Oh yeah, at least and for being that. being a film back then, it could have easily gone that mm-hmm. other way too. Um, but uh, all the performance in this really uh, are are really good. The mm-hmm. one that surprised me, and this isn't because I expected any less of it, but he's he's a musician, Louis Armstrong. Very much so. He was great in this. His his, <laughs> you know what scares me about like at least brass instruments is that anytime anybody's playing it, I always I'm so fucking scared that one somebody's eye is just gonna pop out. How hard that's because blowing. there's that one uh, player. Th- there's a guy who plays bra- a brass instrument. I think he plays trumpet. I don't know his name, but like he can make his eyes pop out. Like like you know the Guinness yeah. Book of World Records people yeah, that can yeah. do that. He can do that and does that sometimes. It's so scary. Just, and then Louis, you know his eyes aren't popping out, that, but they're a little bulgy. They're, they're, yeah. it's, I'm sitting there like, Ugh. yeah. But Am when I he's gonna see his retinas hit <laughs> the ground. <laughs> when he's like, uh, when he's tr- doing like the solo battle with the band, yeah. and he just keeps like turning to people and just like staring at, like, are you gonna go? Well, I don't oh, know. What are you doing? You should go. <laughs> his his facial expressions throughout that entire sequence in the, in the the jazz club yeah. are so hilarious. I was just laughing. Yeah, he was so he was definitely having a ball during all of it. Everybody oh, looked absolutely. like they were having a ball for sure. Yeah, it looked like a fun place to be. Mm-hmm. Like it film did. set aside, it just looked like a really fun time. Mm-hmm. And and you know 
most of the time when I'm in a club, I'm I'm not a people person. I like being at home. I don't like being surrounded by people. I don't even like going to the movies when they're sold out. Like mm-hmm. I, I will, but I don't like it. Uh, but I would have been like I would have had a great time in that jazz club. I think it would have been a fun time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about that in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you feel about the whole? Paris is really kind of just over romanticized. You know, it's this. I guess the city. Of I thought love it looked kind of shitty in this movie. It, it did. Like um, not not in like, like a, a uh, you know just, just like fucking, I I I was in a Discord with some of my friends watching this movie, but I was mainly paying attention, obviously, to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're just playing their games. I'm sitting there watching, and, and like. Boys, let me ask you a question. Uh, would you wear high heels on cobblestone roads? Nope. They're like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, this I, this girl just broke her ankles just now, and she's <laughs> fine. Like, what? I was like, who in their right mind would wear heels in roads where it's just strictly cobblestone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, catch me in boots. Yeah, but, like, not. A, I don't know if, like, there was a time in Paris where they just didn't keep it clean mm-hmm. or if this is supposed to be like a kind of grungy part of Paris. Well, just look just, completely realistic. It did. Like, which, if, which, if, like if, I we like, went, but... if we went to Philly right now, it's not going to look like it is in the movies. No, not no. in the slightest. Cause they have teams come out and clean before yeah. they, they go to, unless it's like, you know, like the Joker where it's New York in yeah. the seventies when they had a, a, a garbage strike. Mm-hmm. But like any other time, they're they're gonna have a team go and clean it. Yeah, this before. this looked like they were at Paris. We, I mean, obviously, we didn't see the Eiffel Tower or anything crazy like that. And they even mentioned that they're like, yeah, they don't even, even mention it. Tower. But they don't. We don't get to see any like crazy like you know fun things. We just go to a nightclub. We yeah. go to the streets. Well, you know, I kind we go of to shop that. vendors. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought it was great. Like it wasn't over romanticized. Yes, we knew they were in Paris, but they didn't go out and be like oh look at these sites like this is what i get to see every day they yeah, didn't even it, go to like a cafe really mm-hmm. to like go and sip on these 30 dollar you know crappuccinos yeah it wasn't the the whereas a lot of movies have the sites and the mm-hmm. atmosphere be be the romantic part with this it was just their connection yeah uh, and and their dialogue back and forth that was the romantic connection and it was kind of refreshing for that to happen and yes they added the whole oh it's paris it's just that kind of city feel to it where the people are just making out in corners mm-hmm. but it didn't it didn't feel like it tried too hard to add the romance to it um, yeah which again like you said i i completely appreciated that very much so yeah um i mean honestly there's there's not a whole lot to really talk about other than what we did. Um, I'm, I don't know if you have anything else, but... I don't. I am going to... Uh, when we're done recording, though, mm-hmm. and I want you to put this in if that is the case, I'm going to find out what she does say, or what he does say, if it says all these white girls are all you white girls. <laughs> Do you want me to just look it up real quick? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So your girlfriend as pretty as you are? Yes, she's a white girl. She might be hard to find. All these white girls look alike. That's disappointing. Boom. That's disappointing. Would have been I, think, significantly... I think regardless it works, but it definitely it would have been funny if he said, all it, you white girls look alike. Yeah, not because it's like saying something. It just yeah. would have been so fucking random that it would have been funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this movie overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have anything else to say other than it should have been all you white girls look the same. <laughs> all right.
Yeah. So that I, I assume that does it. Are you done? That does it. Okay. <laughs> that does it for a review for Paris Blues. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it has to be unanimous decision whether or not it goes onto the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Uh, pick a number between one and ten. Seven. I didn't have one picked out, so pick a number number between 1 and 50. Hold on. Okay, I got one. 36. 36. I don't know where I was going with that. I I don't know. You go first. (laughs) You go first. Um, This is a tough one for me, actually, because I genuinely actually enjoyed this movie uh, full way through. Uh, There's not really a down moment that I had. And honestly, I don't really have a reason not to put it on the shelf, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially after talking about it, for sure. Yeah. Um, no, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Paul Newman was great. Sidney Poitier was great. Um, and everybody, everybody, Louis Armstrong bulging his eyeballs. That was, was fucking great. <laughs> it wasn't overly romanticized. It could have been bad, but it, it, it wasn't. It was just a good watch. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I, I think it's got great music, great performances. Uh, the writing's great, even though I think I could have tweaked the line a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to get over that, by the way. <laughs> I don't uh, blame you. But I, I do think this goes on the shelf. I think it is worthy. There we go. All right. So Paris Blues goes on the shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to next week, uh, which next week we're going to be releasing the nominations for the Stonies, the second mm. annual Stonies. So we are not going to have our normal format. The following week after that is going to be the actual Stonies ceremony. Uh, th- both of those will have videos on our YouTube as well. Yeah, check those out rather than the audio. It will have both audio and uh, video on YouTube. But three weeks from now, one, two, yeah, three weeks from now, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to watch a movie that, admittedly, very hard to find. Oh boy, uh, you already know this, Glenn. I do. Uh, <laughs> stop! Stop! I have it to up. act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's very hard to find. Uh, you will have to pay for it, but it's such an interesting movie that I feel like we kind of need to watch it. Uh, that is going to be On the Silver Globe, which is a Polish film uh, directed by Andrzej Zulowski, 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 however you want to pronounce that. Um, it is written by Andrzej Zulowski and uh, based on the book by Jerzy Zulowski. I don't know if they're related, but that's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is starring Andrzej Ser- Ser- Suwerin, uh, Jerzy Trella. Grazinia Daiglag and Valdemar Kaunaki, Kaunaki. Um, and it is a team of astronauts land on an inhabitable inhabitable planet and form a society. Many years later, a single astronaut is sent to the planet and becomes the Messiah or a Messiah. Uh, so the reason I'm picking this, by the way, you can find it by typing in on the Silver Globe rental or streaming or whatever, and it will take you to a website that's like. Eastern European films or something like that, and you'll have to pay $30 to download it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already did that, so Glenn doesn't have to do that. But He is a godsend. Honestly, like our our audience, I don't normally talk about our audience, but it's small enough where like, if you want to message us, I could just send you the link. <laughs> but don't, don't tell anyone. Don't tell nope. anyone. Uh, they are restoring this, but when it was being filmed... The Polish government thought it was a like a, a condemnation of their reign, so mm-hmm. they shut down the production and then started it up again like 15 years later, and it's got a whole story. It's not even completely finished. It's got some voiceover about what should be happening. There's a company that's currently restoring it, and once it is restored, I'll probably rewatch it. 
uh, you know, with the final scenes. I believe that's what they're doing. But uh, yeah, so I apologize to anyone that can't afford that. But yeah, can just hit us up. You don't, you know, just help us. Just hit hit us up, and we'll send you the link. the silver globe that is our assignment for next week thank you everyone for listening as always you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com on instagram we are keystone underscore film underscore review twitter keystone underscore film facebook keystone film review youtube keystone film review tiktok keystone film review and on letterbox i am mike kfr and i am glenn kfr and that will do it until next week when we watch or talk about the stony nominations mm-hmm. and then the following week when we Reveal the winners. <laughs> and then the third week from now when we watch on the Silver Globe. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.